and clear up the closing doors, please. Welcome to Bitch Witch, a New York-based dating podcast where I, your host Mitchie, and my guests explore the complicated, fun, magical, and sometimes just downright fucked aspects of dating in New York City. Joining us for today's episode is beloved comedian and host of TikTok's Hot and Single, Steph Dag. Cool. Thank you so much for being on today's episode, Steph. Of course. Um, so how long have you lived in New York? I have been in New York since... 2013. So almost 10 years. I took a two-year hiatus and lived in LA and then moved right the hell back to my old neighborhood in Bushwick. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what made you run back? Um, I moved for a relationship. So that was cursed from the start. And then that obviously didn't work out. It never was going to. And then I hated LA. And then I was like, I gotta go back home. I need like rats and like... <laughs> the smell of garbage to feel something. Um, LA is this weird thing where it's like sunny and then you, you have dark thoughts, but it's like sunny outside and you're like, Oh, it's me. I'm the problem. So New York is (laughs) a better environment for me to to be in. You need a cloudy, moody weather to match your dark thoughts. I need like my sad playlist. I need my gray skies. Um, No, I love, I just love New York and it, it, there's such a pulse to, the city in LA feels like, I don't know, there's something so weird and sterile and clinical about it. Um, mm. I'm very happy to be back. It's now been um, almost two years. Since I moved well, back. We're happy to have you back. Thank you. <laughs> so what's your dating life looking like now? Um, dating life, I have a lot of really casual crushes, I would say. Um, like I'm not, I'm not, actively going on a lot of dates Mm -hmm. uh, because I don't have time, energy, patience for it. But I meet people in the wild a lot through work or through, you know, going to a party or whatever. And then I'll have like little two month flings with them. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Crush heavy. Crush heavy. So you're like filling out the roster. I'm feeling this. Yes. This is the first time in my life that I'm actively trying to keep a roster with at least three people on it at all times. Oh, yes. Because in ultimately I am a cancer. And so I am um, deeply in love with everyone who I make eye contact with mm-hmm. and that gets me hurt a lot. So I'm trying to invest less time and energy into more individuals. That must be an economic strategy as well, but I'm applying it to sex and dating. Yeah. You're girl bossing mm-hmm. your dating life. And That's I, it. And I love that for you. I'm a, I'm a dating entrepreneur. You're a dating entrepreneur. Yeah. I think that you should put that in your Hinge profile. Oh, it's it's in my LinkedIn bio. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, would you say like your dating history in New York has like been pretty positive as you've been like trying to fill your roster? Well, I end up um, going out with a lot of comedians because of because I'm a comedian. So that inherently is going to lead to negativity because comedians are insane. 
Um, so like, <laughs> but it's, it's positive in that, like, I'm not taking it seriously. So it's kind of like no harm, no foul. Like I don't take anyone seriously in this dating world. I think where dating in New York is tricky is like, if you are actually looking to get into a relationship, it's hard. Cause there's a lot of people dating who are dating and not wanting to be in a relationship. So there's a disconnect between their intentions and like the end result of what they're looking for. And there's a lot of clashing of, of types of people, if that makes sense. No, a hundred percent. Like, I think I've noticed there's a lot of FOMO when it comes to like dating in New York. And it's like the way people job leap is like the way I think people leap in like relationships and dating in New York. Yeah. Or the way they like move apartments every year. It's like the same thing. Yeah. No, it's like literally just like apartment hunting. We're, we're very like, um, trigger happy in New York. Like we see like one, hot, like every, everyone is so hot here. It's actually like hard to wrap my head around. Like I walk out the house and I'm like, that's the hottest person I've ever seen in my entire life standing outside my door in Bushwick. So it's like, I see that person. I fall in love with them. Then I get on the L train. I see the hottest couple I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, Oh, I want to be their third. And then I get, <laughs> and then I get to Manhattan. There's a literal supermodel eating lunch pretending to eat lunch, I should say. And, and then by the end of the day, I'm like, I'm in love with 10 different people. I can't choose. How can I possibly go out with like Robert from Hinge when I just saw all the hottest people I've ever seen in my life? So there's too many options. There, It feels like there's too many options. And then you speak to them and you're like, I take it back. I take it back. Because yeah. I, I am also, so I have cancer placements mm-hmm. and I too am deeply in love with everyone that I meet. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, that having a crush is only fun if you don't know anything about them. The moment you start gathering information, it's over. It's ruined. Yeah, I want to be clear. Most of my crushes are people I've never gone out with. Um, (laughs) They are text-based. They are internet-based. The second we actually go out, it's, it's watered down. Although I do have, I guess one crush right now who I've slept with twice and he obviously doesn't care if I live or die. So that's going great. (laughs) (laughs) Does he live in Bushwick? No, he lives in like a bougie part of the city. Ew. What we know what, like how bougie? Like it's literally, I can't even say the neighborhood because it's (laughs) specific that, that like if he heard this, he would know, but, um, Yeah. So it's giving trust fund baby. It's, it's even worse than that. It's giving like, it's, it's, I can't even, I can't get into the specifics. <laughs> it would immediately identify them. But, um, I, I also like, I meet a lot of, this sounds weird. I meet a lot of people in the park, red flag. Um, but because I have a dating show where I interview people in the park <clears throat> all day, I will obviously like go up to the hottest people I see and interview them. And then afterwards be like, Got your number from the appearance release. <laughs> Are, like, were we were we flirting? <laughs> so, you know, that's also been fruitful. Um, a lot of park people in my in my roster. A lot of park people. I mean, I feel like that's kind of fun. so. Does your I was going to ask if your work influences? Well, if your dating life influences your work, but clearly it, it's the opposite. Oh yeah, the art the my art is imitating my life. My life is imitating my art. I don't know. It's, it's all muddled at this point, what we're doing for the bit and what we're not doing. But, um, 
yeah, I would say my work is that, you know what it is? It's just that, um, I'm working 100% of the time. Mm. So inevitably the people I meet are going to be through a stand-up show or, you know, me filming my series out in the park or whatever. So I just end up meeting people through work. That being said, I'm a professional jester. Like I can't even call it work. (laughs) So it's like, you know, I'm just meeting people through being an idiot. Okay. Well, I mean, so what's been kind of your worst date in New York City? Okay. Worst date in New York City. I met a guy jump scare in the wild, like literally sitting outside a bar with my friend. We saw the hottest man we'd ever seen. And I was with my gay best friend, Alex, and we didn't know if this guy was straight, was queer, was whatever. So we were like both sitting there being like, so eventually my friend Alex was like, which one of us do you want? <laughs> which is always his line. Um, and the guy was like, well, I, I take her out. And I was like, okay, sorry, Alex, get out of the way. <laughs> um, so, so me and this guy went out, he was really attractive. And I would say like, and the red flag, there should have been a red flag before the date because he was texting me being like, don't turn our date into jokes in your standup. Like, I'm not comfortable with that. And I was like, oh my God. Oh. Yeah, over yourself. Uh, And then when we were on the date, I felt like he wasn't taking my jokes very well, my light teasing. Like there were some moments where he kind of wasn't responding well to it. And then Mm. at one point I made a joke. He's, he's not from here. And he, and uh, I made a joke about him, like being new to the city. And I was like, so do you have, I said, so do you like have friends yet? Or am I like your new best friend? Like something so whatever. Something cute. Thank you. I was obviously flirting, you know, and he got so serious and he was like, you know what? I don't like your attitude. I don't like your jokes. You're kind of being a bitch. This date is over. And I was, I literally thought, no, it was so shocking. I thought this was a bit surely. So I started laughing. I was like, what? Like, what do you like? What do you mean? He's like, seriously. And then he starts going, I'm not kidding for 15 minutes telling me like, like psychoanalyzing me being like, you use jokes because you can't deal with, um, the reality of your life. It's a coping mechanism. You're defensive. It probably stems from X, Y, Z. He brought up my breakup, which I had confided in him earlier. And he was like, yeah, obviously that guy broke up with you because like, da, 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 like going off. And at this point what? I'm sitting there like this, like, I'm like, now this is entertaining for me because this is absolutely crazy. We're also in the middle of a little cute restaurant in Soho. He's being loud. Oh no. So he's, he's, people are staring and I'm literally just sitting there like this craziest part. So then we kind of start like arguing, like literally having a fight, our first fight, our first and last fight. This is the craziest part. The waiter comes over and goes another round and he goes, yeah, we'll have two more margaritas. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's his kink. I was like, oh my God. And then like, it got quiet. And then he just, he just like continued on as if nothing had happened. He was like, so like, you know, what are you up to later? And I was like, I'm sorry, are we going to address that we just got into a God honest fight? And he was like, well, I'm just trying to squash it, whatever. It was like, and then I had to like console him because he said I'd hurt his feelings. Like he was such a baby and was like, this is just like my ex. Then we leave the restaurant and he kisses me goodbye. Kisses me goodbye. What? And I go, I was, I was like, oh, all right, bye. 
And I was walking this way. And he's like, do you want me to walk you to where you're going? And I was like, no, I'm good. And he's like, oh, she doesn't need anyone. There she is, Miss Independent. Like, I'm just like, what the fuck's going on? Obviously expected to never see him again, which I, well, and then I get a voice note. (laughs) I get a voice note from him the next day saying, I had so much fun last night. Will you go out to dinner with me tonight? Dead ass. I said, sir, there's something medically wrong with you. We got into a screaming match and he was like, ah, you're being dramatic. It was nothing like whatever. And, uh, literally last week I ran into him at that same bar that I, that I met him at. I was sitting outside and he walked past and he was like, oh my God, Steph, I've been hoping I'd run into you here again for months. Oh my God. Yeah. I think he just wanted to have makeup sex. I it and you know what? There is a part of me that's like, <laughs> you know, might as well, like, might as well turn get something out of this. We got into a fight, but like, I just feel like it's so funny that he was like able to stop mid sentence, and he's like, "Yes, another round," and then just right back in. It was like a movie moment. Like it was like perfectly like da 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 da. Two more drinks. Like back to me. It wild it was like if it um it was like funny obviously but it was giving like serial killer because he was so charming like I'm I'm not kidding like during the date he would like reach over and grab my face and be like I'm just so enamored with you like he was so like you know like mushy and love bombing me kind of like he was so romantic and he's um very smooth and then it was like all that energy went into just anger um, it was, I think that was one of my worst dates, gotta say. That's, I'm surprised you got out alive, but also he Me too. definitely has murdered someone in the time that you've. That's, I, he's like hit a dead body at the very least. At the very least. Yeah. He got like a little excited and he's like, oh, like took a drive to like Long Island, dropped it off. Oh, oh, he's dug something up in Long Island. For sure. Have you, do you feel like you've ever been the bad date? No, I actually, (laughs) absolutely not. I actually had this big realization with some of my, with some of my girlfriends recently where we were like, we've gone out with so many guys and then realize, and been like, they're so fun and they're so interesting. It was such a fun date and realized that the date was fun because we're fun. Like we were just like bouncing off of our own energy and it was like coming back to us. And they were just like a blank canvas who didn't have to do anything. Like if anything, I think the, the worst thing I've done on a date has been too, uh, like energetic or like too, like almost like I'm doing crowd work at them. (laughs) I think when I first started dating, when I moved back to New York, I was so nervous that I like came in with a lot of energy, but like, you know, that's not so bad. That's not like mean. No, it's not mean at all. It just means like you're funny. And I feel like a lot of times that happens, like women overcompensate a lot in relationships in general. Like we do so much emotional labor. And I honestly think like part of that emotional labor is us being interesting and funny. Oh, totally. I also have a theory that like interesting, funny women have the um, hardest time. If you date men, I think men uh, don't really like funny women. Or they'll never tell you that you're funny. 
No, I recently had the first guy ever be like, you're like the funniest person I know. He's also a comic. So that was very validating. I dated a guy for three years. He got over his dead body. Would he tell me that I was funny or laugh at a joke? No. And how long have you been doing comedy? Um, I think like seven years now. Oh my God. It's been it's all been that time. It was like two people that called you funny. Two men. Two, yeah. well, two men. <laughs> the, the girlies will call me funny all day and I love them for that. Yeah. Cause you are fucking funny. But, you are uh, fucking funny. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but the guys, I don't know. I think, I think straight guy, I think straight, I say this all the time, straight artsy guys in New York city. Mm. Say that they want a cool, interesting, edgy girl. They don't. They want the girl that is like the candid girlfriend. The girl that's in the photos like with the blank (laughs) stare. She's giving nothing because you can, they can project anything onto her. That is like my, that's my hot take. I don't think that's a hot, like I, I stand that because I, I, in my experience, like as an artist, like, even though I'm not a comedian, like, obviously, like, I run this podcast, and I'm a creative, and I am also a makeup artist. So funny thing is, like, I've only ever been, like, serious relationships with men or, like, people who are, like, the complete opposite of me. Like, right. just one, complete 180. I'm talking, mm-hmm. I for some reason, what I attract is, like, white Ivy League Really? It, yes. It is like the most fascinating case. I don't attract I don't even attract them. <laughs> there I am a repellent for white Ivy League boys somehow. They like, look at me like But are you attracted to them? I think there's so to be honest, like I think I like aspects of them because mm-hmm. I tell myself like oh, I need someone to balance me out because, mm-hmm. like, I'm an artist. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm giving Crystal Girl, where's my tech bro? It's a yin and yang. I'm looking for, like, my yin and yang. And so, like, there's aspects of them that I came to the realization that I think I like, but also I think, if I'm being honest, I think I like what they could possibly provide for me. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be like totally real. There's a survival instinct, very kind of animalistic almost of like, they, they are stability. Yeah, they are stability. And I'm like, I don't know what stability is. I'm an artist. Like that doesn't exist in my world. Yeah. And so I think I like the structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in turn, they like the idea of dating an artist, an artsy mm-hmm. girl who's like from completely different background than them. Um, but it never, <laughs> it never really lasts no. or work out. And I definitely think that I also have an issue where I project my personality onto them or because like they give me very little in return, I get to make space or excuses for their behavior. And it only takes them to say like one small thing. And I'm like, I'm hooked. Like, that was kind of funny. Like, me and my best friend joke about this all the time, where I dated this guy, and he, re- mind you, refused to listen to my podcast, because he's like, oh. you're going to be talking, like, shit about me. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. He's like, I just feel like you're going to be talking shit. First of all, I was like, that's not really the kind of person I am. But two, I think that's more reflective of, like, you as a person. 
and the way you treated me. Men just think that we're going to like go write a movie about them after one (laughs) Corona. Like it's so bizarre to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just collecting me and my girlies. Yeah. Writing a full on script. Um, it's just insane. Like you're not that interesting. You know what I mean? Like no guy I met has been interesting enough for any, like for a joke, which is the lowest hanging fruit. Like you're not, <laughs> you're not worth my joke. You're um, not worth my joke. Yeah. I mean, that's the funny thing, but like, I remember in my dating life, like, cause I've had a lot of small traumatic instances and big traumatic instances. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it more so becomes a joke between me and my friends. So I think my favorite is um, I was dating the Ivy Leaguer and um, he was very hot and cold with me. And because he didn't want a relationship, but I was very clear that I wanted a relationship. Yeah. And I think he just like. Tale as old as time. Tale as old as time. And because like I kept putting my foot down, he'd be like, no. And then we could run back and be like, never mind. Like, let's try something. So this is like a time where we're like back and forth with each other. And um, he randomly sends me a dick pic. And yeah, oh. no, no, like full like dick pic, no context. Jump scare. <laughs> Severe jump scare. So I respond with, oh, hey, what's I was like, What's this about? That was my response. I was like, like what's, hey. what's this about? And how's it going? <laughs> how's it going? So I respond with, what's this about? Because we haven't hooked up or talked in a while. And his response was, just checking in. No. <laughs> oh, he's like sick. <laughs> it's actually, I feel bad laughing because he's like, Sick. He doesn't deserve a laugh, but I did think like I told that to my friends and they started crying of laughter. They're like, that is funny. Do let me so do you and your friends have um like nicknames for each crush you have? Like, is he like dick pick guy? You know what I mean? Like me and my friends have like one name for each guy. I don't think my friends know the actual names of any of the guys I've hooked up with. Yeah. Well, I usually give my friends nicknames for the guys they're fucking. But yeah. like after a while, for like months, me and my friends would just turn to each other and just be like, just checking in. Just checking in. And just I knew what they were. <laughs> just checking in. Just checking in. You're like, just checking in. <laughs> that is out of control. It, but it was funny. The audacity of men should be studied in a lab with the best scientists this earth has to offer. Because like, for example, yesterday I had, I had a, I posted a video of my TikTok show where I interview single people in New York and I kissed the guy in the interview. And I had a guy, justice for sluts, and I had a guy that had ghosted me like almost a year ago now, send me the video, haven't spoken since, and say, Hey, this made me kind of jealous. And I said, hello, is that you? And I sent him an emoji of a ghost and I was like, that's you. And he sent me an emoji. It was such a demented conversation. Then he sent me an emoji of a rock and said, you were stoic and distant. I said, I was obsessed with you. (laughs) 
and he just doesn't deserve this sort of attention anyway. But um, I've had a lot of guys do that type of stuff to me. I've had a lot of like guys like blatantly ghost me when we're like almost at the point of being in a relationship and then hit me up a few months later, just start commenting on my stories like, LOL stuff, haha, what's up? And I'm like, do you have brain damage, memory loss? Like it has to, there has to be some, something physical going on that's not correct. That's vile. I mean, do you, when you get these messages from men that have ghosted you, um, are you usually like sweet? Like, I know that you're like funny and you like to jab, like pokes at people, but do you ever like really just. My problem is that I care about something for five to seven business days and then I lose any sort of anger about it. So when they hit me up, I'm immediately joking with them and I call them out immediately. I'm like, LOL, LMAO, like, I can't believe the audacity. Like, are you okay? Do you need money? Like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) And then they'll be like, LMAO. And then it becomes like, okay, for them to treat me like shit because I'm like not holding them accountable. So it's really Mm. hard for me because I... I just can't stay mad. And like, I don't care enough. I don't, I like stop taking them seriously. That's the other thing is like, it's hard to stay mad at someone once you stop liking them or caring about them. So it's like, what you know, I'm not going to like sit there and berate them. Like they've already lost me. Like they lost, you know, I'm like, sorry for your loss, bro. Oh yeah. That's kind of nice. I wish I kind of felt that way. <laughs> well, but for the, but for the like week after it happens, I'm like, anxious and not you know like there's nothing worse than um sensing someone is about to like pull away and ghost you like that anxiety is like it's cancerous like it's so painful yeah I mean I think ghosting is such a interesting phenomenon where like there's instances where I think I'd rather just have someone ghost me if they've already like been inconsistent like you don't need to lay it out and be like hey like things aren't working and I'm like well clearly things aren't working like hey I'm not (laughs) in a relationship right now you're like we got two drinks Brian it's fine yeah like it's literally fine like but um has anyone ghosted you most recently um I've never so I've never been like ghosted in that like I don't get into situationships and I feel like the ghosting happens a lot in those kind of like situationships. Uh, Like people are dating for a few months and then the person like fully ghosts them. I have been in a situation where I've had like, all my crushes are like sagas. Like they just like last for a few months and then something happens, but then they come back years later. Like I have so many of those types of people in my life. And so I have a lot of those people where like the last time it happened, me and a guy who had hooked up a few times and had been friends and then more than friends and then friends again. Like he had like kind of wronged me a few times. Um, almost were dating. Like it was very, got very intimate. And then he kind of ghosted me. Like he like came to New York and didn't see me. Um, and ghosted me and it was, it hurt. It hurt pretty bad. Cause I, I did really like him at the time. Um, And now I guess we're starting to be friends again, but it's kind of like, I don't, in those situations, I really don't get it because I'm like, what is like, what are you afraid of? What, what is this ghosting thing? And it's, and it's very obvious when someone's like anxious avoidant and like, that's what's going on. But 
I think that I used to have a lot more patience for it and like would kind of yearn for the person after that happened. And now that behavior really turns me off. Like, I'm really like, we're almost 30, like get your shit together. It's not hot anymore. Like makes me see, it makes me see men as like high schoolers when they like act like that, which has taken a while for me to train my brain to do that. Yeah, no, it takes definitely like a long time. And I think what also hurts is that they were also your friend. And so it's like, we already built this relationship where we're supposed to value and respect each other because that's the basis of a friendship to begin with. And for you to ghost me as like, I'm a stranger is just like extra painful. Yeah. It sucks. It's, it's very much like it more than it's painful. It's just kind of like, why can't we just like talk about it? What, like, why can't we just talk about what's going on? I, I think what's always frustrating to me when someone ghosts me or breadcrumbs me is I'm like, I'm pretty easy to talk to. Like, I, I don't think I like have crazy demands or like, I'm not very reactive about things. I don't get so angry or anything. I'm very easy to talk to and understanding. So when people like go out of their way to ghost, I'm like, you really didn't have to, like, we probably could have just like had a very chill conversation about what was going on and uh, understood boundaries and expectations and it would have been fine, you know? So they're lost. Definitely they're lost. What do you think are your boundaries and expectations in your relationships? Oh gosh. Um, I think I'm still trying to figure it out. I think I keep getting to a point. I, I don't get far enough into relationships. I haven't been recently where, where those need to be discussed, except in like some very specific cases. Um, so right now I don't know because I don't think I want to be in a relationship and I'm not living my life where I'm getting in many situations where I have to acknowledge that. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not like dating a guy for a few months and being like, oh, wait, I don't want to be in a relationship and like having to have that conversation. Um, that being said, whenever I meet someone and I have a crush on them, I immediately want them to want to be in a, in a relationship with me. <laughs> I'm like, wait, why don't you want to date me? Um, I think my expectations is just like, let's keep checking in, you know, like when things like we're human, we understand when a relationship shifts and like starts to become intimate, like check in and don't make me always be the one to do it. Like, I think that that emotional labor often falls on women to be like, Hey, obviously things are getting a little bit more intimate. You're sleeping over all the time, or you've met my friends or like, we've had a few moments where it's obviously we've moved on from the like initial, like, ah, what is this? You know? And I feel like women always have to be like, Hey, this is happening. Right. And I, it's, it's like, it's not gaslighting in a very intentional way, but it's like by not addressing it, you're gaslighting it a little bit, you know? And I think, um, I want to stop having to bring it up. I want men to check in with me. Yeah. I think no matter what you identify as, like you should be able to check in with the people that you're dating and it doesn't have to be like this loud overt conversation. It doesn't have to be heavy. It can just be like a how you feeling? We cool? Can yeah, we I think we've we've like over we've made it seem like it's like these big scary thing. This it's very like not sexy to have those conversations, but like I think it could be as simple as like <clears throat> I have a crush on you and I want to keep hanging out. Do you want to also keep hanging out? And then being like hell yeah, and then you're like cool, and then you have sex and it's fine and it's fun. <laughs> 
like I think those conversations should be fun and flirty, like not like sit down candlelight dinner. Like let's discuss with my attorney what the terms of this agreement are. <laughs> no attorneys, just sex. No attorneys, just sex. Or the attorney, if he also wants to be involved. The th- the attorney is the third. That's the, the only third. reason he's there. If you have an attorney, get him in bed with you. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> well, do you have any um, advice for people who want to date more seriously in New York City or have had a spew of ghosters in their phone? Hmm. I think, I think try not to make the dating apps your main way that you're putting yourself out there. I think that if you actually want to meet people who you have potential for longevity with, keep doing the things that you really like doing and immersing yourself in those communities as much as you can in like the physical realm, not online. Like, you know, if you like comedy, go to comedy shows, you'll meet other people who like comedy. If you like music, go to venues on the weekends, you know, like meet people that way. And also this is like my biggest advice. If you see someone in the wild that you think is attractive, go up to them and be like, Hey, I think you're cute. Like, let's chat. I do that all the time. I (laughs) like, and anyone I know who I've made do that has a high success rate. Like we're so afraid to do that. And immediately the, when you do that to someone, they're going to be on your side because you're complimenting them and people love to be complimented. So if you think someone's hot, tell them they're hot and be like, Hey, let's talk and be unapologetic about it. I promise you it will change your life. I think that's amazing. Yeah. I think it it also, even if someone says no, or they don't, receive like your advance like that's totally okay too because I think you need to prime yourself to rejection I think so many people are afraid of rejection rejection is negative it's not negative it's just like okay the situation is not set up for you right now I get rejected all the time I'm like hey I think you're hot and they're like sorry have a girlfriend and I'm like damn that's awesome congrats on the relationship and then you move on and it's fine it's really fine so Shoot your shot. Shoot, shoot your damn shot. Shoot your damn. Or else somebody else will. And you know, we're we're getting older, so shoot (laughs) your shot. I'm just kidding. Be single forever. I don't care. (laughs) Be single and sleep with your attorney. Sleep with your attorney. Shoot your shot. Call up your legal team right now and say, "Hey, I have a crazy idea," (laughs) and see what happens. Oh, well, thank you so much, Steph, for coming on today's podcast episode and sharing your little bits of wisdom with our listeners. Yes. And I'm not a scientist by any means or a doctor, so don't actually take any of my advice. Obviously. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And um, we'll plug all your um, socials if anyone wants to, anyone listening wants to um, keep up with Steph and all of her content or go and see one of her shows. Yeah, come see me in the physical realm. In the physical realm. You might meet someone. You might meet me. (laughs) You and Steph could fall in love. That's it. That's what I'm I'm out here promoting myself. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. If you like today's episode and want to follow Steph online or go to any of her shows, 
I suggest um, following her on Instagram. It's Steph Daggs, S-T-E-F-D-A-G-Z. You can also find her on TikTok as well. You can also check out her interviewing skills on Hot and Single, which also has its own TikTok and Instagram page. To keep up with all things Bitchwick, please follow us on Instagram and on TikTok. It'll be Bitchwick Podcast. And for any advertising inquiries, please email us at bwpodcastnyc.com. <laughs>